Welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me is Dixie Cochran. Hello. Wow, that's very <laughs> mousy. Is that your mouse voice Hi. you're working on? I could do my mouse voice if you want. <laughs> I'm excited to play Squeaks in the Deep with you so I could be a mouse. <laughs> hey, I'm a daring and dashing mouse. I've got a rapier and a feather in my hat. As long as I can play this game as some kind of swashbuckling octopus, I think we're... Uh, we're no, there's not, there, there aren't octopuses in Pugmire. People need to stop trying to add weird animals to Pugmire. There's besides, mice, there's rats, there's lizards, there's birds, there's cats, there's dogs. And besides, we have swashbuckling octopi in Trinity, so you don't need to put them in Pugmire. Octopi is not the right word, it's octopuses. Octopuses, sorry. We've had this conversation before. I have a problem with it. <laughs> we were just talking before the recording about ridiculous pet peeves. Also, Fair. no one even knows who we're talking to right now. There's just no, a I, random I, voice. Hey, guys, uh, uh, that'll be 1985 for the pizza. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the episode of The Office where they're holding a pizza boy hostage. I guess like, so. We just didn't have a guest, so we ordered a pizza, and we're like, stay in this room. We're recording you. <laughs> Well, well, for 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 the audience, um, uh, this is not actually the Pizza Boy. This is uh, we've invited uh, Rick Wheeler, um, who, the who is a pizza of, man, not a pizza I'm boy. A pizza man, Dad. Pizza man. <laughs> pizza person. And you will treat me with respect. <laughs> Are you pizza Rodney Dangerfield? Like... Yes, pizza, pepperoni can't get no respect. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> Wow. Wow. We're off to a good start. Uh, no, yeah. yeah. Usually it's us that's derailing it. We don't usually have the guests that are helping out with this this much, so I appreciate that. It, it I'm, I'm a trouble picker, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yes, uh, Matthew um, is not uh, joining us today, but um, we invited uh, uh, Rick on. Uh, he is the uh, VP of Content Development for uh, Gehenna Gaming. So we could talk a little bit about Gehenna Gaming, but also about the upcoming Virtual Horror Con 2. Um, VHC2! So given how fast you guys put together VHC1, how are you feeling this year? So, so much better, although it's weird like because... You know, the last time we put the whole thing together in like three weeks. And, right. Um, you know, nerves were high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this time with a lot more time to plan and uh, the lessons we had learned from other cons we had run this year, including mm-hmm. the Onyx Path Virtual Gaming Con, which we had what? a great time with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and our work with friends at Bohana Group. Um, we have done a few more virtual cons. And, um, you know, we've learned quite a few things. So we're taking those lessons. Um, adapting our strategy, how we do things, you know, like in any field, you try to improve on what you already have or what you've done before, trying to find a better way. So this time around, things are uh, smoother than ever. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird. I I think we're at the point now where we're like, should we be feeling (laughs) more anxiety, (laughs) you know, than than we are right now? (laughs) Or, you know, has dementia finally set in, you know? Um, But no, I mean, it's, um, it's going well. And you know, scheduling's good to go. We're contacting everyone we need to to line it all up, and we're going to have a lot of great offerings um, for people at this convention. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, you know, next year we'll do uh, BHE 2022 and keep going as long as we can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this something that even once we're, you know, going to cons in person, y'all want to keep doing? Is having like a weekend to highlight online horror gaming? Mm-hmm. I think so. And eventually we might see a hybrid. Um, once we're all able to <gasps> meet in person again. Actual um, horror con. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it'd be great to have um, in-person local of events. Um, not even just big cons, but like um, fun gaming experiences that we can mm-hmm. do with, with people. Um, possibly, you know, like we see sometimes with like larger LARP groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. But possibly with different games. And at the same time, for our friends who are not only spread across the country, but internationally, um, have a little bit of a VHC thing at the same time going as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, you know, people aren't missing out on the fun as much. That's I, I, actually interesting. I've, I've seen some people talking about, uh, now that we have a, a vaccine on the horizon, you know, and people are looking towards maybe end of this year, early next year. Um, I, but also that, that these virtual cons don't 
look like they're going to be going away soon. Um, are you thinking about things like live streaming panels or um, just having two different tracks of content, one in-person, one virtual? Uh, well, that will be remain to be seen when we do um, sure. uh, something in person. But I, I imagine that would be the case. I mean, when we went to PAX East this year, I believe Ian ran a panel on uh, Thursday or Friday, one of the days that I was working, couldn't go. Um, but we had Mike from Darker Days Radio. I think we had Chris from the Botch Pit, um, and I believe there was somebody else. Mark couldn't make it because he was uh, <laughs> ultra sick that weekend. Mm-hmm. We joked that he got like the precursor to COVID because he was like super <laughs> ill. <laughs> In fact, at the panel, which I believe is on YouTube, Ian announces that he is dead and had a slide <laughs> ready that said "Rest in Peace." <laughs> Because we don't pull any punches when it comes to uh, making fun of our, our dear friends. Right, of course. Wow. So, yeah, I think um, with an in-person event, um, we would also do panels, uh, possibly workshops. I know for VHC2 uh, or VHC2021, we will have uh, live uh, panels and also workshops for people to attend, which... Um, when you're trying to describe something like, well, what's the workshop going to be like? Uh, it's kind of like when you see like Neil Gaiman do like a masterclass. We've brought in people mm-hmm. from the industry to talk about specific things that um, help them do what they do every day in our industry and how they succeed with that. That way, hopefully people who are interested and uh, attend those workshops will pick up that torch themselves and also make great content that we can all share, enjoy, and uh, kind of grow this whole industry we love. Totally. I gotta say, one thing I'm liking about the whole virtual aspect, and even like just having more virtual stuff for in-person cons, like having someone, you know, broadcasting a panel, is that mm-hmm. I really do like how accessible it becomes. Yeah. Because yeah. like there there are people who, you know, for reasons of finance or disability or distance or whatever, can't go to online to to in-person cons all the time. Um or 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 at all, but they can, right. you know, typically watch or listen to something on Twitch, um, mm. which is nice. I think that, and like having some of the like subtitling programs is really helpful. Just there's, there's, there's so much stuff about it that makes it more accessible um, to a lot of people, which I love. Like I, I heard from a lot of people during Onyx PathCon, we had quite a few of our fans who were like, oh, I live in Brazil or I live in Italy. And I never mm-hmm. thought I would get to like, you know, play a game with y'all at a convention. <laughs> this is the closest that I'll have, you know? Well, it's funny you mentioned that Dixie, because especially those two countries, we have two game masters for BHC that will be running games in Portuguese and Italian. That's oh, awesome. Wow. And uh, they will be uh, running games during kind of unusual times for those in the States, but times that reflect and work perfectly for those uh, time zones. Um, and that's something I want to try and grow. There was um, an actual play V5 series that I found in the Philippines and a couple other places that I'd like to reach out to and, um, just try and get people who are huge fans of not only like vampire, but all these different great games. Um, if uh, people are interested in running them, by all means, contact us, uh, high council at gehennagaming.com, uh, reach out and uh, start a discussion with us because the, you know, there's so many people out there, like you said, who can't attend these conventions. Like Gen Con is one of the biggest in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've had friends who live in Australia who uh, even would fly out to like Star Trek, Las Vegas and stuff. And that's, that's like a fortune, right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, and the jet lag, the whole thing. I mean, I have a friend we, in the we, Netherlands <laughs> who comes to Dragon Con every year and then goes on the Gothic cruise that happens right afterwards. Ooh. And that's like his four week vacation. Oh, that sounds <laughs> Where he like saves up all of his money. He comes to the US, he does Dragon Con, he goes on the Gothic cruise, he visits some friends for a while, and he goes back. I need to get a pamphlet of this Gothic Cruise because that sounds super cool. Oh yeah, I can I can send you a link to, to Gothic Cruise. It's, it's a bunch of goth bands and stuff on a cruise for like a week. That sounds like a. Great it happens time. It happens every year except this year, okay. <laughs> and well, and and well, last year. Okay, talk amongst yourselves. VHC on a boat with goths. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Aquatic horror con. Aquatic horror con. Oh. And we have to have Matthew, where they came from beneath the sea content. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's funny because I, I think I do have like the V20 book, like blood ridden tides or something like that, which is all like underwater oh, combat. Blood, blood dim tides. Yeah, it's like underwater combat for like old World of Darkness stuff. And it's it's very like Metalocalypse uh, cartoony cover with like a 
crap that looks like it's going to devour you. And, and it has the the best bloodline, which is the Gangrel Aquari. Yes. Gangrel. I yes. love that. Oh my god, I forgot about them. That's so cool, I, though. I actually, it's funny, because um, for when I was working on the Vampire 20th Anniversary book, um, I tried to, I wanted to include as many of the, the bloodlines as possible, even if I just made a reference to them. And there was a debate about the Aquari, because I wanted to include them. Um, I'm like, no, they were a published bloodline. They yep. had stats and everything. They should be mentioned. And I'm like, oh, it was kind of dumb. And it's just like, yes, but if, it's a tw- if we're celebrating 20 years of Vampire, we should also <laughs> be celebrating the dumb. We um, we might be having a character in one of our V5 games who's an aquatic gangrel for VHC. Unconfirmed. But I heard that was the rumor. <laughs> nice. So. Oh, no. I'm excited because I am just to promote myself, I guess. I'll be playing in the Requiem game that's leading up to VHC here soon. Ooh. Um, very nice. And I have been given permission by a few people to play a very specific character. Um, it'll be my Ooh. first time playing a gangrel of any kind. Nice. There's a hint. <laughs> I have I yet to play Requiem, but I'm excited, especially since I've been getting into Chronicles because of my love for the mummy um second edition so yeah mummy 2e is like uh, props to matthew on all of that so good yeah like he did such a great job with that even though we left part of it out to begin with but whatever (laughs) um (laughs) we've 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 talked about that here before yeah yes the 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 timeless chronicle that wasn't that didn't have any time was in it well, I mean, it, it, it's not the first time, nor was it the last, that something important has been left out of the book <laughs> that we I noticed no at the last what you minute. Mean, as I'm <laughs> rewriting Anima in the process of development right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, every uh, now and then, like, this this is actually something that our, our audience might enjoy just the kind of explanation of. And that's that every now and then you have this outline. And it's a great outline. And you're so excited about it. And you have these meetings. and You're so excited about this book. And then... After you get through all the drafts, you realize that there was one thing that you forgot to assign to anybody that was yeah. really important. Yeah, I do that, which is why when I'm writing content, I sit on it for a while, look back and go, what was I thinking? I forgot this entirely. Right. Yeah. But when you have yeah. 15 people writing the content and you're looking through all the drafts and it's all and kind deadlines. of dis- 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 disjointed yeah. and deadlines, and then you yeah. kind of go like, oh, the the villain, right? We need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we we recently wrote um, a it was like a Kickstarter stretch goal for uh, Apotheosis Studios, which was uh, the Red Opera, and we our initial concept was called like the Ascension Gambit. Me and Mark uh, worked heavily on it, bounced ideas off each other, wrote most of it all out, and by the end of it, I was like, "This has nothing to do with your original concept or the name. Uh, how do we rectify that?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it came out so well and we were so happy with it. We were just like, well, this is how it makes sense. Well, okay, fine. But that's not originally what we had in, in, uh, scoped out at all, but Hey, we were happier with the final product. So that's what really matters. Mm -hmm, Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I have found that, um, I, I I talk to developers a lot about this. Like the outline should be kind of a guideline. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you maybe don't want to go so far off board that you have to justify your original title or anything, but <laughs> you know, there, there's going to be changes. There's going to be ideas that come up during development or during the drafts. So it's like, Oh, actually in second thought, yeah, let's, let's go that way. Let's go that way instead. Um, I know Dixie at least um, has, has been with that experience with me on one of the books I worked with her on where I just said, mm-hmm. you know, that, your idea is better. Let's just do that instead. And so we tweak the things to go in that direction. And it usually makes for a stronger book I found. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you got that collaborative input. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit about accessibility before with the uh, the different uh, countries and people running games in different languages. I would, um, I'd love to try and implement a way, not only for the captioning, but for live events. Um, it's important. I want to make sure that I try and find someone who can do like American Sign Language or ASL um, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, there is a website um, called ASL RPG um, where there are specifically developing signs for uh, RPG specific concepts. So you don't have to spell things out like initiative and the like. Um, uh, so you may want to reach out to them. They may have some good resources for you. What was the name of that one more time? Uh, ASL RPG. Awesome. I will do uh, that. And it's good to announce it here where people will also hear it. Because uh, there's a lot of people right. that I know listen to this that also write some of their own content, even though it's... Um, Typically more like community content. Like I have friends who listen to this, but 
Uh, no, great to know. That sounds like a community we want to try and collaborate with and uh, spread the word of. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm always happy to, to, to beat the drama of, of reaching out to people with, with disabilities because a lot of us are gamers too and we love to play. That Indeed. said, I will have to point out the irony of us talking about how a lot of people listening to this will enjoy the ASLRPG yeah. Yeah. concept. Well, yes. But also, <laughs> it is just, people... It's just slightly ironic. It <laughs> is. But I mean, there are also people who use ASL who are, you know, oh, totally. Here, so, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not erasing anybody. I'm but not yes. saying that. I just thought it was no, no, a it, little it funny. funny. You're right. right. No, totally. I, I, I get that. Trust me. I was, the whole time I was like, should I make that joke? Uh, I can make that joke. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it is it is a little amusing that this audio only medium is where we start. <laughs> we need a transcript of this whole thing now, including the Pizza Boy segment. <laughs> People have asked I, us to transcribe our podcast and like we talked about it and it's just, it's a lot of effort for us. It's, yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of time out of our day when we should be like making books for people um and That's also true. and like yeah it's, it's just it's not something that is feasible right now i'm not saying right. it never will be but as of right now it's not something that we're doing we also looked into um ai transcription because there's a couple of <laughs> oh god um, some of those are funny though the, well, especially when you have uh, an industry like ours lots of specialized terminology um and so you get some really well that and also we talk over each other a lot Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of really creative interpretations. I, mean, I did one as a test. I, did, I think I did the very first episode as a test, and I showed the transcript to Matthew and Nixie, and it was just gobbled, <laughs> hilarious gobbledygook. <laughs> also, with like with, with with three of us, and occasionally guests like talking over each other, and yeah, yeah it, it was it was hilarious, but it wasn't good. Right. I mean that. Yeah, that's why typically when we have interviews uh, on our channel, you know, all three of us will be interested, and I'll be like. Well, we should probably have one of us set up because that's a lot of people talking. And, you know, when you're having a guest, um, having like four or three people sitting in front of you, it's kind of like, oh, God, they're all, it's like, it's like you're a job interview, right? And you're meeting everyone on the board. But that's one of the reasons why we usually drop someone out when we do interviews um, is because right. we've found from past experience that having three hosts, we all feel like we have to contribute, and usually one person is just not saying a lot. And so it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, you yeah. cut the weakest link today, didn't you? Wow. Yeah. Oh, shots fired. Matthew, did you hear that? <laughs> Matthew doesn't listen to our podcast. We'll never know. I don't think Matt. Matthew's going to attend Virtual Harakon too now. <laughs> listen, Dawkins, I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, brother. Uh, I have to make fun of him because he absolutely roasts me every now and then on Twitter, and I laugh. He's so funny. That that British uh, dry sense of humor freaking cracks me up like you wouldn't believe. He's a very funny mm -hmm. man. That's, that's that's definitely always been my form of humor. Like. I, I feel like not enough people appreciate how funny Matthew is. I feel like people see him as this, like, gentleman gamer, vampire, very serious scholar man. And it's like, he's silly. Like, have you met him? Yep. yep. <laughs> I, I can't even repeat some of the funny things he's uh, thrown my way because I don't think I can drop F-bombs here. <laughs> oh, wow, you fucking can. Oh, you totally fucking can. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I remember one of my favorite Matthew interactions. He posted something like, you can only keep four of these famous Nintendo franchises out of 12. Why are you, why are and you doing like elderly Sean Connery? Because <laughs> Matthew Dawkins. Dad. That's not what he and sounds like. Do not mock him. That's how, what he sounds like. I don't talk about exactly the identical. how okay. I hear him. <laughs> so he, um, he, I posted like, oh, I keep Pokemon and this and that. And he's like, fuck your mother. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. That is so fucking funny. Next time I know you're, he, means, uh, he means it in jest, you know? Yeah, if yeah. you ever go hang out with him at a con, you better ask him or Mike Hollywood to pass the fucking potatoes. <laughs> uh, what was it the other day? Someone said something. Like if you uh, add absolute in front of anything, it's like a perfect British insult. Like, you absolute potato. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm looking around at like things on my desk, and I'm like, that actually kind of works for most of these, even You're though I don't know what goblet, aren't you? Yeah, like I don't know what the insult would be, but like you absolute lamp, you absolute mm -hmm. mug, like what? I don't know. It, it somehow works though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolute wow. candle. Yeah. <laughs> We'll say goodbye to our uh, British audience. <laughs> right, yeah. I just like how we've talked for like two minutes about VHC2 
and for like 18 minutes about Dawkins and also I'm, I'm sorry I keep getting very distracted because there's a very cute dog outside my window <laughs> oh that's that's perfectly understandable it's a it's very small. very small very cute dog and I haven't met this dog yet so it's a new dog in my apartment complex we're gonna and need so to I have to picture. learn this dog's name I can't, it's so far away we're gonna have to have you buy a zoom lens and you're gonna have to put this picture in the show notes and he's gonna have <laughs> to stalk be... your neighbor's dogs yes yeah and we're gonna have to make a Pugmire NPC now <laughs> I could populate a Pugmire campaign with the dogs in my building. This is RPG development 101. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I, 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 when I try to sell Pugmire to people, is like, and if you ever need, uh, if, if you ever run out of ideas for NPCs, like just go to any dog shelter website mm-hmm. and you can find tons of NPC examples. Because usually those websites, they usually have a list of their personality in the first person. I love that. And that you, I, I've literally copied and pasted that material, edited it slightly to fit with Pugmire, and I have an NPC right up. Are you telling me that you plagiarize dog <laughs> shelters? <laughs> Eddie. Only for like convention games one. Eddie, this is a bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like controversy in the dog world. You go to like the grocery store and they like the star and inquire, and it's like, local man Eddie Webb steals the plagiarizes from dog shelters. Local dog, very. You know, offended. <laughs> that being said, uh, I actually had gotten plagiarized by a dog shelter once. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, this is an there unusual was, story. Yes, there tell, was a, tell a dog the story. shelter. They were um, doing an event of uh, to try to raise money for a local dog shelter. And so they were running Dungeons and Dragons games as a way to kind of get, raise charity. Um, and not knowing that Pugmire existed, they did a search for dog D&D found pictures of Pugmire and copied and pasted them into flyers for their event. So some of the mm-hmm. Onyx Path art. And almost like, within like seconds, people were like, is this Pugmire? Are you guys doing this? And, mm-hmm. and the, the, their website got like overrun by Pugmire fans going, you know, you should be doing this. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so it got forwarded to me and I reached out to them. I was like, hey, folks, just so you know, um, I'm the person who created Pugmire. That's a piece of art that's with the company that publishes my game. Um, we're happy to license it to you uh, to try to work something out. Uh, and they, they immediately took it down. Like, We're so sorry, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's, it's cool. you know. And I think I ended up, we ended up sending like a copy of the Pugmire uh, role book. Mm-hmm. And they put it back up and actually ran Pugmire events because they just didn't know. That's really um, cool. And, and so it ended up being very, very cool, right? But it initially yeah. was like, they're stealing your art. <laughs> I get so many people. like If someone's anything with a dog in D&D, I will get like five people messaging me going, it's just are, are they stealing your IP? It's like, they're, they're, I can't intellectually protect the concept of dogs in fantasy games. That's <laughs> We call, what? We call not, these Eddie? people, <laughs> right, these people who um, have your back when it comes to our canine role-playing games, we call it the Eddie Web. There's people <laughs> I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's a pun, Trust and it's a horrible line. <laughs> well, yes. It, it, now I'm having all the flashbacks about childhood to people who would make Spider-Man jokes. So thank you for that, Rick. I appreciate that. Wow. We were talking about bullying earlier, by the way. <laughs> they were like, they were like, Rick, you're going to tell us all about your uh, your childhood trauma. And I'm like, oh, God, how much do I owe you for this? Am I going to have a resolution? <laughs> this is great. I should come on interviews more often. That's okay. I bet I, I bet with a name like Rick Wheeler, the uh, Rick Roll jokes were fun. Yeah, Pickle Rick, too. I mean, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some point we get kind of used to it, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I usually come up with you know funny stuff too. I mean, my name straight up has the word dicks and the word cock in it. So your name's rad, though. <laughs> no one has a name like no one has a name like yours. I like my name, but my mother and father did not realize in their mm-hmm. innocence in 1985 <laughs> that they had given me a name that had I, multiple penises. Yeah. I did Taekwondo with a guy named James Bond. No joke. James? James Bond. Oh, I I thought you said James Bond. And I was like, James? That's a weird name. I know, right? I get that. Um, But anyway, uh, uh, so we actually didn't get the first question I had planned. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. But but that's fine. No, this is how we roll. Planning is is for lesser podcasts. Are you making fun of the fact that his last name is Wheeler, Eddie? God. No. No, no. We're going to roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, I mean, we actually kind of touched a little bit on this, is that um, uh, Gehenna Gaming isn't just a group that runs these online conventions. That's something you've kind of grown into mm-hmm. when in-person conventions kind of shut down. So maybe you could talk a little bit about 
uh, Gannick, you're one of the founders of Gannick Games. Talk a little bit about uh, what it was originally intended to be and also your role um, as uh, the VP of content management. Oh, sure. Thanks. Absolutely happy to answer those questions. We originally um, started um, when it was myself, Ian, um, our friend John, and then we met Mark. Um, we wanted to do in-person events for Tabletop RPG. We, we had done a couple with um, one of them at a bar and then one at a friend's house with like, I think, 15 people, some that we had never met before. I think that was actually wow. the first time we met Mark in person um, for like a huge TTRPG event. And it was, um, Ian was running a home game and I was running one in my neck of the woods. And we kind of like took both of those coteries of all those players and merged uh, what was going on. We had like a big storyline event. And we were like, yeah, this is really great. We've introduced a lot of people to the game doing this and talking about it and posting about it. And, you know, this seems like a really good and easy way to get more people into this great hobby because a lot of people were dedicated uh, fantasy gamers and not so much into horror. And we were like, well, let's make a list of the horror games that we like, that we want to play. And um, let's kind of build from that, you know, and try to get more people into this great hobby. And before long, I think I had this, I was actually talking to Mark about this last night. He's like, it's really funny how this all happened because we were like, well, if we're going to do in-person events, we might need to like help, you know, pay ushers or whatever. Well, that means we're going to have to make an LLC. Well, that means we're going to have to have insurance. Well, that means, and next thing you know, we uh, went from like being like a hobby group of like friends to an actual business, Mm -hmm. you know, who had to then plan what our business model was, what our goals are, uh, guidelines and mission statement, the whole nine. And, uh, you know, it hasn't really changed much. We are a unique experience provider for horror tabletop games. Um, and that takes many forms. We are getting into writing our own content. I mean, we do write the three of us and, um, our other members, Nick and Dan McDonald, who, um, run games for us. And Nick is our stream producer. Um, Dan runs a lot of our, uh, in-person games. We call them the machine cause he can just run nonstop because he's inhuman. Wow. Um, <laughs> I ran like four games on Friday of PAX U and for like a total of like 12 hours. My brain felt like it was on fire by the end. Yeah. <laughs> Just nonstop talking. Um, but yeah, yeah. We, we are looking into uh, not only creating our own content for these cons where we, we I write a lot of these one shots and um, a lot of the NPCs for our games. Um, I've done some for almost every system that we have uh, to offer. Mm-hmm. And some of the other guys also pitch on them as, as well. We work very well collaboratively as a, as a team, especially me, Mark, and Ian. We bounce ideas off each other extremely well. But, you know, we ended up forming this Discord, which uh, kind of brought a lot of people into our lives in the best positive way. You know, we have, mm-hmm. uh, God, it's, I think we have over 600, maybe 700 people, but the community has been really wonderful. It's one of the only discords I've been to, and there's a lot of them that are great, but I really cherish ours because we have so many people from the industry that we've become really good friends with. And even just finding people on Twitter who are like, I'm in the middle of nowhere and I want to play games, but I can't find anyone. We take them in. Uh, One of our goals is to try and teach people how to play the games we love so they can share it with people in their community. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, online events, inline events, um, storyteller kind of advice and training. Um, those are all things that we take uh, very seriously, the things that we love to do. And we like to show uh, new games to uh, people as well. So Onyx Path comes out with a new game. Um, an indie company comes out with a new game. Um, if they don't reach out to us, sometimes we reach out to them and we're like, hey, this looks like a great product. Would you like to come on? our Twitch, talk about it, get the word out. And uh, that's kind of also gone into us doing Kickstarter support for people. Um, oh. Most recently was the Shiver uh, tabletop RPG. Um, I don't know if they named their studio or their company. It's two brothers that made this game, mm-hmm. but it looked really cool. Reached out to them. And now uh, I think I interviewed them for our podcast and we become pretty good friends with them. They're also participating in VHC, but um you know, there's a lot of people we've run into and not only do we like we, we help them and help get the word out of these great games, but 
they become like a weird part of the family, <laughs> you know, right. Where it's like, see you at Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they show up miraculously. And <laughs> next thing you know, you're on a, um, a podcast being interviewed by them <laughs> with my and, friends and, Eddie I mean, and Dixie here. No, totally. And I think that's, that's something that uh, I think a lot of fans don't quite crock is that um, this is a very uh, uh, intimate community. Um, it and is. a lot of our quote unquote rivals are actually personal friends. Yep. Uh, and, and so this whole dynamic that sometimes gets built up in people's heads of, you know, well, obviously Onyx Path hates, you know, Green Ronin or... Yeah, that's um, why we had Steve Kenson work on Everett and Joseph Garrick right, yeah. works on stuff with us and Malcolm Shepard. Um, <laughs> and, and, and also, like, um, uh, my favorite one was, like, you know, uh, we started talking about Anima and it's like, oh, well, man, I, I bet the Eclipse phase guys are going to be mad at you. And it's like, oh, you mean my friend Adam, who I've known for literally over a decade, who's one of the owners of Eclipse phase Yeah, didn't, didn't yeah. Adam, like, stay with you for a while at one point? Yeah, like, he lived with you for a week. Yeah, <laughs> I actually met I actually met Adam because of you guys. So, yeah, no, Adam, Adam, again, yeah, so you're right. I mean, the, the idea that you start thinking about this from a professional perspective, but um, a lot of these people you end up just becoming friends with, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you stay just professional colleagues or whatever. But I mean, a lot of right. people, yeah, you you just hang out with, and, and that actually leads me to one thing I wanted to mention is you guys talked about your Discord, and I've. I've been on a lot of discords uh, in the past year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and Gihanna, although I don't hang out there as much as I would like to, yours is one of the ones that I tend to go back in and check on more frequently than a non-work one. Although once um, once I started posting more, I just started joking about like, now where will I go to fuck off from work? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I following you. I was like, damn it. <laughs> still, still here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, right. it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's so prolific that I can't keep up with all the channels. I, at this point, I'm like, there's a couple of, like of these things that I'm interested. Like, you know, I'll check out TV, video games, memes for mm -hmm. sure. But otherwise, there's so many people talking in there. I'm like, there's no way I could keep up with all of this. Thank God we have mods and stuff. You know? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I hang out in there a lot, but I do have quite a few channels muted because they're just not yep. for me. I and mean, that's that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that it's makes totally sense. Cool. But is there anything that um? When you started when you started to put that Discord together, is there anything that you you thought of or any uh, uh, strong things you had in mind to make sure that that community would be safe and inclusive? Because it frankly is one of the more safer and more inclusive communities I've ever been a part of on Discord. And you're huge too. Well, yeah, we when we talked about bringing more people into the tabletop role playing game genre and introducing more fans, especially to the horror side of it, um, Ian, Mark and myself are extremely passionate that that means it's for everybody. And mm -hmm. <laughs> there's literally no, no barrier to that. Um, if you're of any walk of life, any culture, any race, sexuality, it doesn't matter. We want you to be with us. Like the door is wide open. The only people that we don't welcome with open arms are people who are obviously going to be, polar opposite of that and have a problem with people who are different than them. Mm -hmm. And we just, we don't tolerate that at all. Um, tabletop gaming is for everyone, you know, and like you said, mm -hmm. on a business level, which, you know, it's, we're a business. We, sure. we try to, we know we made this whole thing because we, we love all of this stuff. We love everything to do with this tabletop genre. And at the same time, we also love all of these wonderful people that populate it. And they're not mutually exclusive. Like that passion mm -hmm. is uh, in both of those columns and they're really one and the same. So you can't love something and then treat people badly. Um, and nor can we create a place like our Discord where something like that can be allowed. You know, so we have a very strict policy where um, any kind of hate speech and anything like that, you're <laughs> gone. Banhammer time, you know. Uh, possibly a warning mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. we follow up with that person. Like, here's why <laughs> you were removed. <laughs> Let's have a discussion. If you're not open to that discussion, I'm sorry, this place is not for you mm -hmm. because safety matters. Uh, our consent forms that we made, we, we also take very seriously. You know, when we, we have actually have um, a panel for VHC. Like we try to have a panel every time when we do something that is about safety mechanics, inclusivity, diversity, and, um, you know, it's something we always try to keep in the forefront. It's, it's, um, we're lucky that we've met a lot of people, especially recently 
who have been able to connect us with people from other walks of life that we have not been, we haven't had in our social circle, you know, mm-hmm. um, because representation absolutely matters. We're lucky that we have a lot of it on our discord, but not everyone wants to be in front of a camera either. Right. So we've been great at, um, or we've had a lot of great people, I should say, who have been like, Hey, I've got a friend, um, or a number of friends you can reach out to so we can have more inclusivity in our games. And at that point I'm like, well then <laughs> I was going to be one of those players, take me off, put them in because that matters a lot more than me being there. They see my stupid face all the time. Yeah, no, right I've, I've gotten asked to like, not not for this specifically, but like in the past, I, I'll, I'll get asked to moderate cons on like diversity or inclusivity or to, or to mm-hmm. be, be, be on a panel about, you know, re- re- representation. I'm always like happy to, but if you find a person who is more marginalized than being, a, you know, neurotypical yep. woman, please yep. put them on there. Like yep. I will happily Absolutely. step down for a, you know, BIPOC person or a disabled person or what what have you, because they have a different perspective. Because I feel like it's like, yes, I have ADHD, I have anxiety, depression, and I'm a woman. But I feel like as a white woman, that's still like as, 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 a, as a cis hetero white woman, that's like a perspective most people are still familiar with. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So I don't feel the need to be on those panels. Um, so yeah, same, same exact thing, Rick, where it's like happy to talk about it. Also happy to step down and let a different voice speak. Yeah. I mean, more than happy. I mean, and you know, circumstantial, we're a company from new England, uh, founded by obviously three, uh, cis white guys in our like, you know, late thirties. Um, but having that inclusivity, even though we don't have it in our structure because it's, it just wasn't around, we didn't have people in mind or we didn't know anyone at the time who would have been a great person to bring in to have like on our team like that. We're totally open to doing that in the future. And more importantly, because that's the case, we need a lot more representation in our games and in our entire tabletop society. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very important that we we have that. And in fact, part of the uh, proceeds for Virgil Harkon are going to a charity called Black Girls Code. Um, yes. Which... Uh, I believe is either Ian or Mark found, but very happy about uh, that particular charity. I know in the past we also did the NAAC College Fund or something like that mm-hmm. for, I'm not sure what con it was, but um, I mean, these are all things we like to champion and we, we absolutely think it matters. I was happy that earlier this year, I think we had a Monster Hearts game or another, a couple other games. It might have been We Are Still Here and, uh, you know, we cast it and then we stepped back and realized every person in this game is part of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Like, and it wasn't even intentional. It just kind of happened. And we were like, this is something we should celebrate. You know, this is wonderful. And this needs to be more common. We need to see this more often. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, as the years go by, we have more of that inclusivity and mm-hmm. we hopefully do our, <laughs> our job well at bringing more people into this hobby who not only play these games, but write these games and run these games. And as you said, you know, Eddie, you have a lot of people who are friends of yours that work for different companies. And there's a lot of people in this community that also do Twitches very much like ours. Like we have uh, near dark, the primogen, Laura by night, 25 years of ETM uh, utility muffin labs. And um, more than happy to name drop, any of these companies, any of these people, because, uh, you know, rising tides raise all ships kind of thing. You know, we, we don't see any of them as competition. We see them as friends and Mm -hmm. we invite anyone who has that same kind of mentality about both people and the industry to, you know, sit at the table with us, play games with us, run a panel with us, uh, you know, call us up and invite us over to do anything with you because the, if you're doing good, I'm happy, you know, because the industry's doing good. People are interested in this hobby. Like everyone's got a different perspective and a different way of operating. So people might not like the way I do things, but they may love uh, Nathan over at, you know, Utility Muffin Labs, who's a fantastic guy and he's very funny. Whatever mm-hmm. really draws you to this and whatever your passion is, seek it out, find it. And, um, you know, content creators, I know you guys have talked about this a bit and I was really happy to see 
with some of the Kickstarters where Onyx Path has done really well, they've done like a stretch goal that was, hey, we're going to pay the writers or the artists mm -hmm. more. You mm -hmm. know? I want to see that all the freaking time because yeah. uh, <laughs> we need to support the people who are making this hobby great. Um, yep. That should be practically the first stretch goal, in my opinion. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that I'm always willing to spend a little more to help these people out. Not only because uh, <laughs> I'm probably way more extroverted than I ever like to admit, and <laughs> I want to be friends with those people who make this great content and talk to them. Um, right. but I want them to succeed in life. I want them to be happy and fulfilled and to keep making this stuff. You know, I'd give you guys a freaking crown if I could. <laughs> um, I want a crown. I want a crown, damn it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the way that the three of us kind of see things. Um, inclusivity, diversity, accessibility, um, and all this representation uh, really matters. And I think... Luckily, we have it in spades in the Discord. We need to have it more uh, in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And that's something else that um, uh, I've always uh, respected and appreciated about your group is that not only are you you clearly trying to to be more inclusive, but also you recognize where you're falling down and try to do better. Um, mm -hmm. Because I certainly had colleagues in the industry where it's like we have hired a, a black person job done you know kind of stuff and it's like uh, yeah it's a, you a long ways better you doing more right yeah um, the more the merrier the more the better um i would love to have an entire poc cast uh do an ongoing twitch game in fact mm -hmm. um earlier this year um insight to some of the things i was planning there was um Modifius had released the Klingon core rulebook for Star Trek Adventures, mm. which I was super excited about because I'm a big Star Trek nerd. And um, I played Star Trek Adventures as it was getting back into tabletop role-playing, even right mm. before I got back into Vampire. So them releasing the Klingons, I was like, oh, heck yeah, because I can even do horror with this. This is going to be great. Mm -hmm. And um, got the book early, was going to do a, uh, a stream of it. And uh, going on Twitter, I'm like, oh, there's a couple of uh, Twitch stream games already and I'm checking them out. And there was one of them actually probably even more than one of them that were all uh, POC and it was great quality. They had great wow. makeup and effects. And I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore because yeah. this is even better. And I don't want to take away from any of those viewers because this is super important. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I'll run this like, you know, off camera for people and have a blast with it, but I'm just going to keep promoting them instead because I can't do it that good. You know? And that's, that's really interesting. Um, because I, you're, you're right. At some of the times it's a case of, okay, okay, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do X thing because this other group is doing it better and, and right, let's elevate them instead of, putting yet more into the ecosystem. Um, mm -hmm. I know every time someone asks me for uh, an actual play um, at, at, for like D and D um, I'll, I'll mention critical role just because that's the most accessible one. Um, yeah. You can't throw a rock and a critical role, but then usually I follow up with rivals of Waterdeep because it's all uh, people of color, a D and D stream. And so it's like, I'm not going to put yet another D and D podcast in the world because like I, you know, first of all, there's so many of them, but also it's like, yeah, those kinds of things should be, let's pay, it's, and they get energy and point more attention at those cool things that are happening. Um, there are plenty of times where uh, I have a vague idea for a game and I'll see a Kickstarter and say, oh, actually, they're doing a much cooler thing with it. So I'll just shelve my idea and promote them instead. You know, that, that, check this out. This is much cooler. So that could be, but sometimes that could be hard things to do because you're, you get so excited about the thing that you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. you know, saying, oh, maybe it's better if I don't do this. Sometimes that can be a hard decision to make. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are thinking about that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, because um, I, I kind of, like, put that thought to bed, I might even reach out to them and be like, I would love to, like, if you have any need for help with writing or anything like that, mm -hmm. or um, another person on the creative team, I'd uh, love to help you out because this is something I want to see uh, spread, spread wings and fly, baby. You know, right. <laughs> this, this is something that really matters and, um, you know, all power to them. I, if I had the name of them right now, I would, uh, I would shout them out. But if you get it to I'm us sure. later, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll find it. And, uh, you know, all power to them. They, they do a fantastic job. It's a really cool stream. 
But I mean, those are things we think about as a business and try to make decisions Mm -hmm. that, you know, are ethical. (laughs) And, um, you know, we're not, we don't do this for the money. We do this because we care about all of this very passionately, Mm -hmm. um, which is probably the opposite of how business should work, but it's worked for us so far, right? We, uh, we're trying to do the best we can, not for ourselves, but for the genre most mm-hmm. of the time. So I, I feel like that's always going to be the case. You know, we're, we're people first and a business second. And um, if we can make a living off of any of this and grow what we are to a point where I can quit my day job and um, continue kind of sharing this passion with people and promoting these wonderful folks, promoting these wonderful games, all the better. But you know, um, you don't want to lose your soul in the process either. And right. like you said, um, I'll still be, even if that's the case, I'll still be promoting everyone else because I like their stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned um, writing and in fact, uh, earlier on, uh, you had talked about uh, that you write a lot of the one shots that you guys run at conventions and now run virtually. Uh, so uh I know it's something I've always struggled with is how to compress a gaming experience down to a few hours. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned part of the things you want to do is to educate people. So, I mean, are there any tips or, or, or suggestions you have in how to get a key experience down to like, say three hours around the table? Oh, absolutely. Um, and during VHC, there'll be even more opportunity for people who are interested in that kind of thing. Uh, we have a lot of workshops and we always try to make it this way. We have workshops and panels specifically for those reasons um, mm-hmm. because you're going to get a lot more value out of something like that than listening to me for a couple minutes uh, here, there, or everywhere. Right. Um, and you'll have different perspectives and things too. But when it comes to like how I do it with one shots, um, a lot of the times, and when I first started doing them, it was kind of like, um, you know, when you're at a con, you have a lot of people who are playing that game for the first time. Or they haven't played it in 20 years if it's an older game. Mm-hmm. And you want to try and carry an experience where you you take very little time or as uh, you try to get the mechanics down, right? As quickly as possible and in the most effective way that they're going to understand a game. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing a one-shot at a, at a con specifically, try to pick a game that's not overly complicated in a way like if... I'm trying to formulate my thoughts here like mummy the cursed i absolutely love i would mm-hmm. probably have to boil down some of the more advanced mechanics to make it work at a con but it could absolutely work at a con and then um you know after the game be like there's actually a whole lot more to this game there's this this and this that we didn't get to use but if you like it check it out and you know uh if you did a good job and you provided a good experience they're going to do that um which is really the goal mm-hmm. but don't feel like you have to put everything in the kitchen sink um in that experience as far as the mechanics go. Mm-hmm. When I when I first started doing these, um, and the, a lot of them that I've seen, they tend to be kind of action-oriented, you know, um, mm-hmm. like an exciting experience. When I write mine, um, it's particularly when you have pre-gens, right? I try to give the pre-gens a lot of different diversity from each other. They're not anywhere near the same. They're all extremely different, different people from different backgrounds. Um, and I try to have something in that game. I may even say, make the pregens first, make the game, make the scenario second, because the whole point is to try and make each one of those players feel important and have something to do and shine. Uh, because you don't want anyone sitting at a one shot being like, Oh, I wish my character had more to do. Right. Or I didn't feel like I could jump in at X, Y, and Z place because my character wasn't good at that. Um, you know, you can't make a character who's all like technology and computers and then have a whole scenario in the woods while they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Um, that's just right. not going to be fun for that person. So the scenario has to fit uh, the characters who are being represented at the table. Um, aside from that, not only have something for them to do, but give what they're doing meaning. <laughs> um, I think one of the most, one of the most successful ones I did recently was a tales from the loop game. Um, and it was my first time writing anything for tales or, um, 
really my first time playing it other than seeing the show. But I was familiar with the system because Free League does a lot of the same uh, mechanic systems for alien things. Mm-hmm. Um, I made characters based on the, the typical archetypes. And then I th- say for a one shot, especially if it's your first time, write something that's based on your experiences because, you know, especially if you're a new storyteller, you're going to be trying to fumble for like, oh, wait, you know, you don't want to be looking over notes and trying to think about what you had planned. You want to naturally and instinctively present things to the players. Like it's rolling out of you, like a flow in a river of creativity. Right. Um, so try to use what's familiar. Use your own memories and experiences. So for the Tales from the Loop one, you know, growing up, there was um, my friend Sean, whose dad used to have this massive vehicle. And he'd take all of our friends from the neighborhood and like drive us places for fun because mm-hmm. he was just a really great guy. He's a single dad. Um, and I remember like those summer experiences being just super great. So I wanted to do like a tales from the loop scenario where it's pretty much what it was. It was a bunch of friends who, you know, every summer you kind of have, you know, time off to kill and, uh, you go to someplace. So I made it like a festival and you, I included like the tales from the loop, high strangeness, like, right. Instead of it being like a normal festival or carnival, there were like weird rides uh-huh. that kind of highlight that world that gives the player something very familiar because, you know, even if you didn't have a guy like uh, my friend's dad who'd bring us places, you used, maybe you went somewhere with your family or an uncle or a friend. Um, you know, you're used to like doing summer activities as a kid. It's something that people can relate to and they kind of have had that experience. So it helps connect them in a way as well. Um, carnivals are kind of something people are familiar with, but when you take, really weird things like strange technologies that you can view into the past or like anti-gravity stuff. And, uh, you know, I made carnival rides based on that stuff and described it vividly. And it, I made it so that each one of those rides, uh, in the future came back as a means to solve problems. Like the festival got shut down an accident happened. There was a mystery as to why this all got shut down. It wasn't happening anymore. This stuff all got, thrown into a field and left to rust, you know, and the kids going back there and having those experiences with this weird technology, it was a way for them to solve the problems of what happened in the year that they were not there. Um, which became like a really cool small town mystery. They were using that tech and um, it, they had a lot of personal deep connections with the NPCs because I wrote them into their backstory. Like one guy had, he's like the music kid and he's kind of a weirdo. And it's, it's actually one of the archetypes in the book. And I was like, okay, well, there's a woman in the record store who you've been in like a pen pile with. And that's how you connect. And she shows you a larger world through music. Um, one NPC was a guy at a corner store named Mr. Healy, who's based on someone I knew when I was a kid, who was just one of those people in your neighborhood who always was happy to see you. Um, I like to try and take some of those personal experiences that I've had and hopefully other people have had, you know, important people in their lives and uh, give those characters value, meaning, um, and uniqueness. And hopefully if you write a scenario like that with those things in mind, like bullet point them and keep them separate as reminders, because it's very easy to be like, this is going to be high octane action. And to forget that, that's not always a unique experience. You know, I'm not saying that different types of action can be formulaic or uh, boring in any way. Like if anyone can do that in an exciting way as well, but trying to give someone an experience that they not only resonate with personally, emotionally, but with a high uniqueness, that's going to make them think about the game they just sat at for three hours. And you know, that'll be like an actual fond memory for them. Like I remember when I lived in this strange world with this weird technology for three hours, because I sat at this table and heard this story unfold and I lived a different life. It's kind of like that Star Trek episode, the inner light where he, uh, he, you know, goes to the Picard finds the space probe. And next thing you know, he's living an entire life within like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's from like, and he has kids and the whole thing. And the whole thing was that he, the civilization had died and they left this probe out there so people could experience their culture and who they were. I feel like that's what tabletop gaming is to me. 
it's letting people live in different lives, different shoes, and having them experience different things as different people. Um, and if you can make that really memorable, people will come back to that game. I don't, I don't care if they come back to me as a storyteller. I care if they sit down at a table, roll dice again, and tell stories, because that's really my favorite part about this whole thing. We're telling great stories, hopefully with great characters. And, you know, we talked about accessibility and safety and things before, um, and always lead it up session zero safety mechanics. You want to make sure that that experience, because if you are someone who's imaginative and likes to dive deep into these things, you want to make sure that this is a, a world that could be filled with horror, but it's not a horrible experience. That's a, yeah, I have, that's a really good way to look at I have, it. I have that before several times that like horror doesn't have to be horrible. Like, yeah, it can be creepy and scary and whatever else doesn't have to be gross or bother people, you know? Right. Right. No, absolutely. Well, so that, 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 that's a really good way of looking at it, I think. And it's one of the main reasons why we, we love you folks is because you are well, thank you. always trying to find that balance because horror games are a unique and distinct experience even within the tabletop RPG industry and they do need some kind of special thoughts. So I'm glad that not only do you have these communities, but also that you're doing conventions like this so people can talk about them and, and learn more about how horror games work in tech. Right. Uh, so I like speaking to... of that, I was, just, I was just say um, uh, we're getting close to time. So um, uh, if people wanted to sign up or, or show up to Virtual Horror Con, it's the 19th through the 21st, yes? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be of this month, right people. Around... This month. No, this two month, weeks, baby. Two weeks from today. <laughs> two weeks from the day you're listening to this, unless you're listening to it after Friday. Then it's closer. Dixie's my new hype person. <laughs> <laughs> she is made of hype. Dixie is hype. Um, yeah, it's going to be starting Friday, February 19th, uh, I believe around 530. We have uh, games going from then till about... 11 o'clock at night with some games literally starting uh, actual plays at 11 o'clock at night because we have uh, people on the West Coast. And um, oh my God, like that one vampire game on... we did for the last one where we started at like midnight and went until like three in the morning. <laughs> well, it went because we didn't shut off the thing and we just kept talking. But also, that, 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 that game so started super late because of Ify's schedule because Ify was on the West Coast. Yeah. And like, that's when he was available. So they were like, do you want to start at midnight? And I'm like, I, I guess I can stay up real late. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm going to have you guys back for more Dark Ages stuff too, because I love it. And your character was great. Um, but yeah, you can find us there. Um, Virtual Horror Con has a tabletop um, events uh, page where you will be able to buy your tickets through that for the different panels. Um, actually, panels are free, but you can buy tickets to the workshops. You can buy... Uh, tickets to these games that are going to be not streamed, run by a variety of different um, game masters, storytellers who we have worked with in the past. We can vouch for their quality. They're all wonderful people, and uh, we're glad to have them back. And we have some new people on board this year as well. So hopefully there'll be a lot of different games that uh, you'll be, or, or the audience will be interested in to check out. Uh, let's see. We're sponsored by DriveThruRPG and Astral Tabletop, as well as Onyx Path and a number of other exciting sponsors that we can't wait to announce. Uh, the proceeds will go to Black Girls Code and Blind Cat Rescuing Sanctuary. During our different um, panels and games, there will be links in the YouTube for you to donate to those uh, charities as well. Not only are the, some of the proceeds going directly to those charities, but people can uh, give what they want as well to try and help them out a little more. But we will have um, people on our Gehenna Gaming Twitch, our YouTube, Carrying Comfort, and the Darker Days Radio Twitch. So there'll be four channels uh, going on for three days. And let me see if I can find a little bit more about that. Badges are about $5. 100% of those $5 proceeds will go to charity. Tabletop virtual games will likely be around $25. Workshops for $30. Um, and the portions of those are going to be going to pay our GMs and workshop panelists Woo. along with the charity. So, yeah, it's it's weird. We're uh, taking that step as a business where we're not only bringing in people who we like who play games, but we're also able to to pay them, which makes me happy because yeah. I want to give 
them money so they can have a good life. Yeah. And of course, there'll still be like a lot of free content for people that, you know, just want to tune into Twitch. So. Oh, yeah. You can watch a lot of your favorite people in the industry uh, play these games, run these games. Um, It's a celebration of everything we like about this wonderful genre. So very excited to host it again. And hopefully we never stop. Same here, because uh, uh, you guys certainly hit the ground running and have just had success after success after that. So I'm, I'm glad to keep working with y'all as long as it makes sense. Thank you. Uh, so if people wanted to chat with you uh, online about how to run a game or horror games in general, where would they find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, Oops All Said I on Twitter. And, um, <laughs> Why did you change you- that, by the way? Is there a story... <laughs> Yeah, I've been wondering no, I mean, about this. Yeah, for a while it was Def Malkavian, and people, right. you know, would be like, oh, "Where's your clean?" And people would be like, "Oh, he's definitely Malkavian because he's kind of off the wall and goofy," you know. And I'm also strangely, bizarrely insightful. Like Ian or Mark will bring up something and be like, "Oh, well, that's happening because of this, this, and this." And like, how the hell did you even know that? And <laughs> it'll, it'll be accurate somehow. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Um. So yeah, I mean, I. I I've got a funny way of seeing the world and sometimes it's actually pretty accurate and weirds people out. So people are like, Oh, that guy's definitely about caving. He's a bonkers, you know, but when it comes to me, like playing games and like writing, like political plots, I'm so sad. It's ridiculous. I'm just, I'm so <laughs> sneaky and like, Oh, I'm going to write this in there. Cause it's like conniving and they'll never see it coming. And more and more people will be like, are you really sure that you should be calling yourself Malkavian? Because you totally said it. You know, it, <laughs> it became like a, it became something I ended up being like, yeah, you guys are right. So now, now it's oops, all said I. Oops, all said I. Like oops, all crunch berries. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's been pretty funny. But I honestly love both of those uh, clans in VTM, uh, like a lot of the other different types of characters in different games. There's always like a couple that really speak to you, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, I even I've even lately made Malkavian characters who are practicing sedite, so I can have a little bit of chocolate and peanut butter in there. Nice, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you got your sedite in my Malkavian. You got my Malkavian oh. in your sedite. <laughs> it's the perfect sandwich. <laughs> As somebody who thinks that chocolate and peanut butter together is the grossest combination of food imaginable, I don't understand it. The curse of the Reese's, huh? Reese's smell bad. Like I don't know how anybody eats them. <laughs> <laughs> Steffi Devon, this is for you. <laughs> right, oh, yeah, I was going to say, this is a shout-out for exactly one person. <laughs> no, 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 Steffi also hates Reese's Cups. Oh, okay. Steffi's my 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 sister in hating Reese's Cups. Well, she's a great person. And uh, props to Legend Lore, because that's really cool. Legend Lore's so cool, I want to play it. Yeah. Y'all need to run yeah, it so I can play it. Great. Actually, I this is a good point for me to write down a little note that I would love to have Steffi on to run Legend Lore for a SNOS. That way we can showcase that wonderful game. That's supposed to be earlier in the day than you usually run since, you know, she's in okay. Europe. Uh, she's in the yeah, Netherlands. Oh, sweet. I have friends in Rotterdam. Actually, yeah, I reached out to one of them to see if they could run a game in Dutch, but they weren't available. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Dixie, if people want to talk to you about legend lore or anything or how gross Reese's cups are if you think Reese's cups are gross hit me up because (laughs) I feel like not enough people are talking about this important truth of our world which is that like even if you're gonna have chocolate and peanut butter together it's not good chocolate and peanut butter like do it in private you freak (laughs) (laughs) although I I have heard there are now Reese's cups out there that have like potato chips on them so they hit that Ooh, like salty oh, thing too. Oh, well, no, like oh. I I love salty sweet as a combination. So that actually sounds better to me than actual. It does sound regular Reese's cups. Sound pretty good, actually. Yeah. Either way, you can find me at Dixie Cyanide pretty much everywhere. Uh, I don't know what all I'm doing at BHC yet, but since Onyx Path is sponsoring it, I will be at BHC in many capacities. I'm sure, um, much like I was for BHC one, where I was just like, I'm on a panel, I'm in a game. Who knows yeah. where Dixie will pop up next? It's a game. Um, and, and you'll also find me at various places in Virtual Horror Con, probably eating Dixie's Reese's Cups. You can have um, them. You can, you can, <laughs> it's mine. Uh, you can also find me at uh, pugsteady.com. Um, from there, you find access to all my social media accounts. Uh, you can find us at theonyxpath.com. You can find us on our Discord with our PathCast channel. Um, you also 
find most of us hanging out in this, the, the Gannett Gaming Discord, to be fair. So either of those works. You guys post some um, great memes, and uh, yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes. And I got into a good discussion about uh, the Akira manga, so that was it was a lot of fun. Ooh, that was a good book. I read all yeah, this. Oh, yeah. I, I invested in the hardcover 35th anniversary version of it, and it's, it's gorgeous. Nice. Um, uh, but yes, um, so we'll see you all at uh, Virtual Horror Con. Uh, and until then, many worlds, one pathcast. <laughs>